Hello and welcome to Living Abroadcast, the podcast about where people are from, how they got here, and what they're doing now. I'm Eric. And I'm Mikey. And we have another empty guest chair tonight, everyone. Um, No guest this week, but um, that's better than no episode last week. Um, Apologies for that. They might start coming out um, slightly more few and far between. Um, We'll talk about on this episode. Things are starting to loosen up a little bit, but... It, um, you know, still is affecting um, how often we're able to record or find people uh, who are able to record. Um, People have surprisingly busy schedules, um, despite there not being a whole lot to do. Um, But uh, maybe they just want to say no to me also. Um, For any future guests who might listen to this, uh, I don't mean you. I love you all. But anyways, um, it's just Mikey and I tonight. We wanted to do an episode for everyone. So we're here. Uh, in the Mount Pleasant studios in my uh, currently very messy apartment. Yeah, you still got the um, the plumbers in. Yeah, which I think isn't a euphemism. No, no, no. Um, yeah, men coming in here checking out our pipes. Um, yeah, well, the first thing I said when I the first thing I heard you say when I opened the door because I, I I knocked today, which is rare, but usually I just let myself in. Yeah, a little bit of a Kramer. Yeah. It's gotten to that stage. What what exactly did you say? I think the moisture's okay. Is that what you said? Yeah. Just checking the moisture. Just checking the moisture. So I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> um, yeah. But you had your pants on, so I thought, okay, it's okay. the green light. I can, yeah. I can come in. What I did notice, though, coming into the hallway, mm-hmm. um, A, very messy because of the plumbers, B, a bike just sitting out in the hallway, not locked up. Now, yeah. You've you've had some bad experiences. Uh, right. I lost a bike that way. Um, I mean, it's I a nice bike as well. I'm thinking, I, you know, I could, uh, yeah, I, I should maybe do the neighborly thing, knock on their door and let them know what's or happened before. You could just take it, teach them a lesson or have karma swing back the other way. Exactly. Steal uh, it, wait until someone's posted about it and then be like, Hey, um, I saw a posting about, I found your bike. Ask for a reward. There we go. And then they're like, question, why did you walk around the corner of the corridor (laughs) from the opposite way of the elevator? (laughs) Speaking of elevator as well, did you notice the, in your elevator, there's a a notice board usually, and it's usually got some pictures and some stories about the building. I didn't realize this would be uh, worth noting on the podcast, but yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of an insight into the Lee building, everyone. Um, there's a picture frame with a bunch of stories and photographs and stuff like that of former tenants and stuff like that at the building, former residents. Um, it hadn't been updated for a while, I think, because there were some no. the old entire, stories. The entire time I've been living here slash, uh, yeah, just staying with slash. my girlfriend a lot. <laughs> Before I actually lived here, I was here like most nights. Yeah. Anyways, but... But they've emptied the notice board. Yeah. And there's a little handwritten note saying Mm -hmm. any pictures or photos, I mean, it sounds like free advertising for this podcast. If you ask me. Should I submit the Living a Broadcast logo? Whack up a little brochure. Make up a little brochure about, uh, you know, say it's it's the the Lee building is home to the Mount Pleasant Studios, as Mm -hmm. we now dubbed it. Get a couple of extra listeners. Absolutely. Shit, I should do that. Um, after I steal the bike, but anyways, yeah. um, anyways, I, uh, 
yeah, that's a good idea. If there's any artistically inclined listeners, I guess they could uh, email some artwork in and I could submit it on your behalf, put my own name on it. Look at this. Once again, we're not, we can't be bothered do our, doing our own legwork. <laughs> you're already trying to commission off a fucking brochure. Yeah. Got, well, you're working full time. I've got no excuses. I'm not, I'm not doing anything right now. Yeah. I guess. Um, but as you said, like weirdly, people are weirdly busy now even mm-hmm. if they aren't working because people have started filling their day with little things. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, okay, you know, like I've now got a different morning ritual. I can take my time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'll take four hours for me to have breakfast, shower, make a coffee, get ready to start the day. My God. You know? <laughs> I can take my time, mate. I'm not doing anything. But okay? four hours? Yeah. I'm living off Mr. Trudeau's dime. I can I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I guess so. You're working for him. But but that means Yeah. <laughs> um You know, I, I, I can't do anything in the morning. That's that's my new thing. So I'm busy in the morning. So for if people hours. say you want to do something in the morning, I say I can't I'm busy. Okay. You know, it's a new type of busy. Well then I feel honored we hung out over the weekend in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 was hard work meeting yeah. you at ten o'clock. <laughs> that was your idea too. So did you wake up at six a.m. that day and do your routine? Yeah, I did. We met up. I did. No, I actually did. Set, I I got up at seven, but I usually do. What the fuck? I kicked something oh, over. My Jesus. bad, listeners. Ooh, um, sorry about that. Tell me about this routine. I'm curious now. Well, I've I've got a, I've always had a long coffee routine. Mm-hmm. It's getting longer. Um, you want to hear about my morning routine? I'd love to. Wake up. I set, set an alarm um, for seven. Mm-hmm. Out of bed by eight. Okay. Is what I aim for. Doesn't always happen. Um, scroll the gram. Yeah. You know, what's going on in the world. Check the COVID numbers. Make sure nothing crazy has happened. So you That's check in become, the morning. Every morning. It's become part of my routine. Wouldn't that be... Better to keep track of things checking at the end of the day. Well, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't Continue. matter. Che- as long as you're checking every 24 hours. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not everybody's on the same time zone as Vancouver as well. That's true. We're one of the last time zones. Second last, I think. You know? So um, then I uh, waltz into the kitchen and uh, I stare at the fridge. Mm-hmm. For about five minutes trying to decide what I'm going to have for breakfast. Even though I have the same thing every morning. Cereal. Get my cereal. Then do my Vegemite on toast. At the same time, I make my coffee and uh, watch, a little bit of, watch a little bit of tally. Oh, I stare out and look at the trains go past. Nice. For about ten minutes with the mountains in the background. It's a very good old man routine. I water my, pla- <laughs> I water my plants. Here we go. Um <laughs> Have my shower. Yeah. Um, get dressed. And by the time that all happens, it's about 12 o'clock. It's about oh, midday. Perfect. Um, <laughs> my, my favorite thing about all of this is it is now um, stripping our podcast of any illusion that we lead interesting lives. Oh, yeah. That w- I feel like that was stripped a long time ago. Yeah. Um, that's, that's for sure. But it was, you mentioned we got a coffee the other day and that was nice. That was probably the first mm-hmm. bit of normality that, that we've had for a while. We went for a long walk. My legs hurt after that really? walk. Really? Yeah, God. Yeah, we went for a walk to- 12,000 uh, steps, you know. For real? Yeah. That was Checked a good walk then. 
Went to a little farmer's market. Well, we didn't go in the farmer's market, yeah. did we? We just went specifically for coffee. Yeah, we browsed the outside of one. And, and I'll I tell you what, mm-hmm. we, uh, we started our walk with a coffee. Yeah. Then we went to the farmer's market and yeah. we got a nitro cold brew. Yeah. I, we then walked back to your place and I said, I'm going to go home to eat. Mm-hmm. Driving home, it really kicked in. The, the nitro cold. Oh brew. yeah, you pour some in your gas tank too. And, and I went home, and I had so much energy. I didn't even make food. I cleaned the apartment for two hours. Holy shit! And then after that, I crashed and I napped for another two hours. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like an exciting Saturday. For that, that's about as exciting as it gets these days, mate. Ah, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, You've been up to lots of things, though. You've I been have. Socializing, spreading germs. Later that same day that we went for the walk, um, I went to a bar for the first time Wow! Tell, since COVID happened. Yeah, tell us um, that experience. Yeah, I'm it not... Seems such a foreign concept now. Right? People got legitimately excited when I told them that. I was on a work call today, and I'm like, I went to a bar, and they're like... What was it like? Tell us. They're all in Ontario. Right. So okay. they were nowhere near. Um, They're still probably a few months off of that. Yeah. And uh, it was fine. I mean, we went to the Five Point, um, good old Mount Pleasant bar. And uh, last time we were there, we were doing a, a karaoke. Uh, a karaoke, a, a quiz night. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it? I think we... Uh, Drained a couple pictures on the patio too. Um, oh no, that's right. Shortly before all this bullshit happened, that's right. but um, you're right. Actually, that day at the Five Point was same as the last concert I saw before uh, before all this happened. I think it was right before. It was probably one of the last times I went to a bar. Yeah, I think. So tell us what what was the vibe? What were what were people were people freaking out? I well, guess if they had chose to go. <clears throat> Yeah. They wouldn't have freak, been freaking out, right? No. We went we went to two bars. We started at Beer Craft on Camby, got sat on the patio. Um, and that and that felt just like beers as as normal. We didn't go in the place. Server came. Um, not as much protection as I was anticipating. Were you hoping um, they were in a big big condom? Uh hazmat suits and all that. Yeah. Um, but no, like I can't even remember if she had gloves on or not, but I mean, it was business as usual. And then we biked over to main street and, uh, the five point was where it was a little more evident that they were taking a lot of precautions, but it took like 20 minutes to get seated because they have such strict capacities now, mm-hmm. which is like 50% at most. Yeah. And then once you're inside, um, they have to distance everyone at least a table apart. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was. It was crazy because, like, there was even times like while waiting, we got chatting with another couple people who were in there, and then they called our names, and the people were like, "Okay, well," and normally you'd be like, "Okay, well, I'll chat to you inside or something," but it's like, "Can we go sit at the bar with these strangers, like at a table? Like, yeah, is that safe? I don't know. I guess not. You're hesitant. I like, don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I so, I mean, it's it's tough." Yeah, because everybody's got their own ideas of what's safe and what's not. So you don't want to mm-hmm. like cross the line and make someone feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, but at the same time we're humans and we relish interaction yeah. with other well, not everybody. But, but then but a lot of Yeah, and, and people have all kinds of different yeah, perceptions right now of 
if you, if you talk to a stranger, what are you doing? So, yeah. It's, but I've 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 enjoyed it. Not talking to strangers? No, no. I've I've enjoyed talking to strangers. Like my local convenience store. Yeah. A block away. I only go in there for to get drinks. Mm-hmm. Either a yerba mate or a or a, a ginger beer. Mm-hmm. And I never used to talk to the this guy, the guy who served me behind the counter. Yeah. And now we just have a little, you know, thirty second conversation. We Hell check yeah. in on each other. Yeah. Make sure we're doing okay. And I think that's the result of just yeah. you know. Of of that, mm-hmm. but I love how, for the most part, everybody's like pretty upbeat here. Yeah, and everybody's like pretty keen to get shit going. And that's what I was gonna say about being at the bar is the experience of the bar itself. Like I said, I mean, there's obviously the shadow of everything that's going on because they have to to legally be open. But the people in the bar couldn't have been fucking happier to be there, sitting on the patio at beer craft, like we were leaving and we're like, man, that was nice. And these other guys overheard us and they're like, fuck yeah, this is great. Like, isn't it ordering up beers, like shots, like the whole thing, they're just going for it and people are happy to be out again. So you don't know what you got into it. So that's good. So it's gone. Everybody's going to start appreciating, but I couldn't shake the guilty feeling of being in a bar. Yeah. Either like, despite, I mean, again, we trust that our government wouldn't let us be at these places if it wasn't safe. And I mean, BC has s- substantially lower numbers than everywhere else, as opposed to places that are like being defiant, basically. Yeah. It yeah. feels like BC is being weighted and like responsible. Yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of faith and, and trust mm-hmm. in, in what the government and I shouldn't say the government. I should say the uh, very dedicated and intelligent doctors and healthcare officials who are making these calls on that are, you know, allowing the government to make these things. I mean, they're yeah. Just, well, they give advice, just but the then the government has to bureaucracy. Act that, or yeah, so not act on it. So it comes yeah, down. Shouts out Bonnie Henry, Teresa. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think wasn't Bonnie Henry in charge of the whole of Canada's response to to SARS? Um, so I think she was federally in charge, okay. which was, you know, 16 years ago whenever it happened. So got the experience and yeah, I like the way that they've handled it. I like the way that they came out quite a long time ago and they were ahead of the curve, <laughs> pun intended again. Mm-hmm. Um, they were ahead of the curve when, you know, they came out and started saying, yeah, people can go outside and they kept parks open. A lot of other places yeah. didn't do that. And now it's... There's overwhelming evidence that if you're in a park catching this thing, it's almost non-existent. Like it's mm-hmm. it's really safe to be out out in a park. So I'm I'm glad BC has done that. And you know my fears of bars opening and things like that have certainly been squashed from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you remember the Mother's Mother's Day weekend two two weekends ago? Yeah, it was over two weeks ago now. Yeah, when just people flocked to the beaches and the parks, that and there was were a gorgeous all them weekend though. All beautiful weekend, mate. All them photos came up on social media, and it looked like everybody was really close and not giving a fuck. Yeah, and everybody, you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, in two weeks we're going to see this huge spike." Nothing. Like our numbers are going down, mm-hmm. if anything, and it's been more than two weeks. So, yeah, um, and you know, some good things are coming from it. 
there's talk that they might legalize public drinking. That is true. In beaches and parks. Not that it's really been enforced the last little while. But no, it hasn't. No. no. Um, more outdoor patios. They're going to yeah. um, get more applications through doing that. Cheaper gas. Yeah. I mean, that's starting to, that's starting to go away too. But Still a dollar seven. It's pretty yeah, good compared to what it was. Obviously, it's a terrible thing, but sometimes you've got to start to look on the bright side of For sure. things. You know, not always blooming, do Yeah. So at least in BC, I mean, I know there's quite a few listeners outside this province. Things certainly are looking a little bit brighter than they have been um, the last little while. A little less to be concerned about, at least uh, for the time being. Did you? So when you sat on the patio, were you getting, you said you were feeling a little bit guilty. Were you getting... Were people walking by giving you weird looks or glares or anything like that? No, if anything, it was more like surprised looks like, oh, they're open. Like, because there is still that weird novel factor of, oh, oh, it's open. Yeah. Activity. Yeah. Um, I was in Deep Cove this past Friday driving back over the second Narrows Bridge. Fucking traffic. It's back to normal, isn't it? For the first time. Yeah, it's back to normal. In months. Yeah. It certainly is. Where everyone's going to amount in all this traffic, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, huh. I just I just asked because I know that I read that um, states in the US that have that have opened like uh, like they've opened bars and, and outdoor areas. Like they're still social distancing. Mm-hmm. So that they're doing the same as BC, places like Florida and Georgia. Apparently there were people sitting outside at bars and then yeah. the media were coming and interviewing people sitting on patios and kind of trying to make them feel bad and make them feel guilty. Like, oh. don't you care about the elderly or the vulnerable? Yeah. And it's like, well, our government has weighed up the pros and cons and they said we can do it. We're not breaking any laws. Why are you getting stuck into us? Yeah. So. I mean, but there are places that, like I said, are very much more doing it to be defiant and ignorant of you know, circumstantial evidence that's showing a spike versus British Columbia that, like I said, has taken a very reasoned and kind of uh, slow approach to everything and like letting the numbers speak volumes about the safety protocols and stuff like that. So if you're seeing, you know, still hundreds, if not thousands of new cases every day, you know, statewide, and obviously there's a much bigger population density in the States, but, um, they're, you know, opening shit back up and the numbers are most likely going to reflect on that. Um, whereas here, I think, like I said, being much more measured about it. Yeah. I think. Maybe. Yeah. Not, um, not too sure. I know uh, Western Australia has uh, only three active cases now in the whole state. Holy shit. They took a pretty hardcore approach they closed their their state border mm-hmm. and it's still closed only having three active cases and i think it will remain closed until them three people recover so once they have zero cases they'll open it up to the other states but the other states are getting a little frustrated because the rest of australia is open and wa is has this yeah. really hard stance on it but so they're in a good position the 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 football has started up again there won't be crowds okay but there's going to be football um but the funny thing is, is there's there's two professional football teams based in Western Australia, the Eagles, your team, the West Coast Eagles, and the Fremantle Dockers. Okay. 
But they can't play home games yeah. because no one can come into WA. So they're having to relocate to the Gold Coast oh. and play all their home games, in inverted commas, yeah. in the Gold Coast. <laughs> so it's going to be a little bit uh, strange. But And then there's all these other wacky rules, man, like um, um, – so for for those of you who don't know what Australian football is, mm-hmm. I guess you can compare it a little bit to, to rugby mixed with soccer and things. But it's a full contact sport where you tackle and you're on top of each other and touching each other for like a two-hour game. Yeah. And then on the interchange, you sit on the on the bench, but the new rule is that you, you have to be two, two metres away from your fellow teammate when you're sitting on the bench and then after a game, it's tradition that you all put your arms around each other in a circle, all the players, and they sing the club theme song. Mm-hmm. Now you're not allowed to do that. And it's like you've just been touching each other for two hours. But it's more of a... Um, keeping up appearances. Keeping kind of up thing. appearances and putting on a good... Uh, make, set, uh, being responsible and, and setting a good image for the, for the public. But it's, yeah. it's funny. That's interesting. I think that's like the first major sport besides like UFC and yeah. stuff that I've really seen opening back up. It will be. And, and I heard a lot that a lot of the major North American sports teams have been getting in, con- getting in contact with Australian football teams, mm-hmm. asking them like what procedures and protocols have you taken? Yeah. So every single player um, and anybody who works in the league, who's going to have contact with the players or the coaching staff, everybody had to get tested. Yeah. And the league only decided to go ahead when all the tests came back as negative or, or being tested in a very positive way. And by positive, I mean negative. So yes. it was a positive test. It was a good test. Yeah. <laughs> good tests. Good tests. Uh, yeah. Um, would you take a COVID test? If one was available for you to take? Um, I mean, I think in BC we can. I, I, I don't think... Can we? Yep. Now now they've changed it. You don't even need symptoms. Shit. Well, Could, pardon my ignorance on that. I should... Because ap- apparently n- no one's going to get tested because apparently not many people are getting... Um, yeah. The, the only problem is, is that they still haven't approved an antibody test. Mm. That's what I'd be interested in. I think if they approve an antibody test, okay. I'll get tested to see. That's been the big one that's popular in the States, right? Not too sure. It might be from state to state, perhaps. Mm. But um, it would be interested to see how yeah. many people actually have antibodies. I, I think nobody's going to get tested in BC because it was actively discouraged towards the beginning of things. Tests were really? so scarce that yeah. you know people were showing full symptoms and as long as you weren't suffering... You know, and we're like critically worsening. They were just being like, well, stay home, avoid everyone for 14 days minimum, just stay isolated. If you get worse and worse and worse and worse, we'll send somebody to go check on you. But like basically, if you were showing all the obvious signs, it was just like past the point where they wanted to bother wasting yeah. a test on you because they had few yeah. of them. It was just healthcare workers that were able to get tested basically. Yeah. Yeah, so and it was the uncertain, yeah, uncertain it, it's, people. It's, yeah, definitely a lot to do with that and the fact that I think the longer this goes on, the less frightened people are because, yeah. you know, p- 
people now realise that the death rate isn't really as high as what was first reported and, and things like that. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, and then there a lot of places around the world, you know, there, there's so much controversy about whether people have died of COVID or have died of pneumonia or other respiratory issues and mm-hmm. some countries are counting them as COVID numbers, some countries aren't, some states are, some states aren't and so yeah. it's just hard to rely on the numbers. Well, it's the tricky thing when stuff happens so hard and fast and it's like how can you ever possibly be accurate when something impacts a global population so so steadily and so you know, rapidly mm. that like, you know, how yeah. could you possibly be accurate? Yeah. Yeah, e- exactly. And I heard that um, LA County, which is huge, right? The city mm-hmm. of LA, it's, it's millions and millions of people. Larger than the population of Canada, I think. I think like Southern Calif- Calif- California is yeah. the same as Canada. So, yeah, LA has said they're, they're not going to lift any restrictions until they go, I think, did I already tell you, tell you about this maybe on our walk? It's not till like August or something, right? Yeah, they're not going to, well, they're not going to lift their restrictions possibly for three months or until mm-hmm. they go um, like 14 days without a COVID death. And it's like there hasn't been a day in the last six years that someone in LA hasn't died of the flu. So, like, it doesn't really make sense. Like, in a place so big, yeah, it won't be until there's a vaccine. It won't be until a couple of years well, until there's no deaths in a I, place like that. And, and again, like, I mean, that's, that's a measure you can put in place to just basically have a, you know, very version 1.0 plan of saying something bold and be like, look, we're doing our fucking best. Because, I mean, that's an impactful thing to say. Right, we're not going to reopen till a day goes by without a COVID death. But it's kind of like some of the early plans I saw for reopening bars and restaurants in British Columbia, which um, and my girlfriend works in uh, in a restaurant, and was telling me that they were taking a look at the measures, and the initial plans were saying that there had to be a piece of plexiglass in between the tables with the part that every party had to sit. And in front of every bar where they're not allowed bar seating anyways, there had to be plexiglass in front of the entire bar and servers had to be in full masks and gloves. And, you know, the bathrooms were going to even potentially be closed and all of this stuff or like had to be clean between uses. I don't think you could have bars without bathrooms. But that's what I mean. Like these are extreme things. And being at, I mean, and this is just a one case example this weekend, None of, like like I said, precautions were being taken, but nothing quite so extreme. Yeah. And I've, I, I've seen a few patios with the plexiglass up. Yeah. Good time to have a plexiglass company. That, that's Wish I'd invested actually, into uh, that a couple of months ago. Actually, funny you mentioned that. Um, my uncle lives in a tiny town in eastern British Columbia called Nakusp. Mm-hmm. N-A-K-U-S-P. It's a town of like the census... Very, it's either side of a thousand people, depending every five years or whenever they take the tally. But he uh, he has a glass shop there. He does windshields and windows for houses. Oh, he's, got the, he's got the monopoly. Got the entire town, and then I think a few towns around oh. them, like the contract to do all the grocery stores and 
whatever else. Wow. So, Goodness. yeah. Um, but anyways, um, I, I think like what I, what I was kind of wrapping up my point about those extreme things is like those version 1.0 plans, of course, like you need to say something bold and I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't carry through on those words, but also there's a certain level of reason that has, has to be taken. And of course, yeah. you know, we say these things so kind of preemptively to mm. have something in place because obviously silence is not the right answer. Yeah. And then like, you know, as things kind of progress and we actually see the results of these plans. And I mean, we're seeing it in real time in a way that I don't think has ever truly been documented in the mm. same way. I mean, we, we brought up SARS, like that was never, you know, that, that was even before the internet was what it was. So mm. all of this data being shared and opinions and like being able to track all this shit. Yeah. Literally yeah. an hour to hour basis practically. Yeah. I mean, even, even swine flu 10 years ago wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't tracked like this, but it's, it's, it's got a lot of similarities. I think, you know, like Vancouver and BC was never fully locked down, mm-hmm. but everybody seemed to appreciate that fact and take it upon every individual took it upon themselves to be responsible. And now we're at this very envious stage. Yeah. And it's so, it's like a, it's like parents that are really strict with their teenager the stricter they are and the stricter they want to lock them down, the more the teenager is going to push back oh, and hell want to yeah. be a rebel. And it's happening right now with governments yeah. who are enforcing these stricter things. That's where the most pushback is. Absolutely. seems to be coming Absolutely. from. No, BC definitely had the cool hippie parents in this oh, situation sure. where it's like, you know, go to the park, like if you need to, if it makes you feel a little better. Yeah. Like... You know, have some beers like, outside with yeah. your friends. Just stay apart. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can go to your family's. Ha- and I mean, I don't. I I didn't really see. I mean, there was some dipshits one day who tried to do the anti-COVID protest. But other than that, people have uh, been pretty compliant with it here. Yeah, I think that was like a dozen people or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something pathetic. Yeah, yeah, I went to I went to Alice Lake, um, just past Gormish. Mm-hmm. Driven past here hundreds of times. Never actually went. And um, went there last weekend. Um, and we're coming up to the entrance near the car park and there was a ranger and um, had his stop sign holding it up. So yeah. we had to stop. I was like, I was like, oh, g'day, mate. Because t- we didn't know if it was open. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, g'day, mate. Um, closed. Closed up ahead, is it? The car park's closed. The lake's, lake's closed. And it was an Aussie guy, the park ranger. Of <laughs> fucking course it was. <laughs> you were you were within you were within fifty kilometers of Whistler, right? It, yes. Yeah. yeah. You just find him wild in the forest, <laughs> wandering around. And uh, he was like, "Ah, mate, nah, she's open. You know, go off, go off, have a good time, enjoy yourself. You know, just like every everything." Why stop you? <laughs> oh, to let us know that it was a half hour wait to get into the car park. Oh shit! So we turned around. Drove back down the entrance street, parked on the side of the road, and we hiked back up, which was nice. a, which was a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's that. But we were, um, what we got, we're gonna. Well, yeah. You, I mean, you drove up to Alice Lake. It took us half an hour to you. That's traveling. So, <laughs> to talk about the travel aspect of our travel podcast. Oh yeah, you're trying to you're trying to get a good segue in there. No, no, it's funny. Um, that was great. Great talk about that. I mean, things are loosening up in BC, and I think that's valuable insight for 
um, our folks not in BC, and you can certainly share your kind of experiences as the situation advances. Um, I don't know by what, I don't know what like the, the marking date for the start of everything is, but apparently we're on week 11, like week 11 since, since what? <laughs> but yeah. I think my marking date is definitely the day we did that podcast when the Tom M- Hanks, when Tom Hanks and the NBA canceled their season. Yeah. That, that was the defining moment where both you and me were just like, Oh, in my head that is too, shit. but I don't know what we're actually 11 weeks from in from right now. Like, I guess, I, I guess pandemic measures, maybe. Is that what it is? Usually they from count when, it from when... Uh, WHO. A, when there's 100 cases mm. in an area or a country or whatever you want to measure. Apparently okay. 100 case is, is, um, is usually the measurement. Well, anyways, stay safe out there, guys. Yeah, um, protect the... You know, stay healthy mm-hmm. mentally. It's important yep. to, you know, try and live as a normal life as you can, but... Still be careful and we, we need to yeah. still protect the vulnerable. It's and go to important. go to a bar, but maybe only like once a week. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. Just once. Is that your advice? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll check your vi- virology uh, degree after the, um, okay. after the show. <laughs> yeah. That seems good, right? Yeah, sure. Once a week. Why not? Let's make it two. Oh. <laughs> by, next, by next week, we'll, we'll bump it up to two, two, two visits. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll um maybe you and me will go sometime this week and we'll report back on <laughs> okay on on what the experience is because I think yeah for I, science I'm probably a little bit more anxious about it than you are I think yeah. you're a bit more go with the flow perhaps so I'll be interested to see how I feel I went no hesitation but then the guilt set in once we were once mm-hmm. we were there and it was so good to be but so, yeah it uh, anyways what were you drinking. Had some beers. Some beers. Had some beers. Did you get on the gins? Uh, no. Oh. No, there was no turning point to the gins mm. that night. It wasn't even a big night. It was... Well, clearly, you didn't get on the gins. Home before home before 11. Shit. It, uh, yeah. Bloody but hell. Okay. Started early, though. Started at like 6.30. Anyways. Where do you want to go on a vacation after this is all yeah. done? Yeah. We were talking about this ahead of, uh, ahead of the show. Because I know I brought up, oh, yeah, you got a plane ticket. COVID's gone. Where are you going tomorrow? You said your sappy answer, Perth. You're going to get a plane ticket to the Gold Coast, watch the Eagles play in an empty stadium, just sneak in there. But uh, That would be cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, but where are you going? Where, where, where's, where's a vacation? So we're talking, are we talking if, COVID was completely well, wiped out and we didn't have to worry about it. Actually, this adds an interesting layer that I'm just thinking of now. COVID measures are generally still in effect. You could show up somewhere. So you have to take the enjoyability factor of a place with the grain of salt that things are going to be restricted. You might not be able to take the elevator ride up to the top of the Eiffel Tower. You might not be able to go into that one hole-in-the-wall vegan restaurant that you've been looking forward to going to in this city. Okay. You know, a place that you think you could enjoy on its own, like merits of maybe natural beauty or. So I, so I have to take into account then, cause I'm really up to date with COVID numbers in every okay. country. So I got, got to take that into account. Like I don't want to be y- booking yeah. a ticket to. We could maybe Russia. even say like you're immune to it. 
you know? Wow. Okay, I'm immune yeah. to it. Yeah, you're immune. But but the 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 there's still social restrictions. Social restrictions. So see, if there wasn't social restrictions, I'd want to go somewhere bustling. Of a course, re- a real metropolitan. Yeah, get out there and mm-hmm. you know hit some bars and all things. Oh, but yeah. with these restrictions you talk of, I think I'd want to go somewhere more chill. Yeah, somewhere a bit more naturey. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Me... Not cold. No. Not cold. Maybe Mexico. Okay. Maybe maybe Central America. Central America is pretty chill. Yeah. Peru and Brazil are fucked at the moment. Oh yeah. So not there. We won't go that far south. But Central America. No. I'm thinking. No, because I would be say okay. you want to go bustling. Like my first thought is like Rio de Janeiro or something like that. Yeah. Like. Cool. Nah, too many people living on top of each other there. Yeah. Too I many germs flying around. No, thank you. Central America is my first first choice. Yeah. How about yourself? You know, it's funny you said you don't want to go somewhere cold because my mind has just been jumping. I've always been a big advocate for local tourism or tourism where you don't have to travel too, too far. Oh, you got, and, you're going to choose like Prince Rupert or something. No, no, no. <laughs> Oh, although Haida Gwaii would be dope, but oh, they really, really don't want. They really don't yeah. want. There's a message on the ferry saying you are not welcome here. Yeah, same in Tofino. Arrive. Haven't they closed the road to Tofino? Yeah, apparently the Tofino and Usulet, all that whole region. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's only one ventilator for that whole region. So, so as they should close. Yeah, but um, and I'm sure it's just as restrictive where I'm about to say, but um, a trip I've always wanted to do is go to Churchill, Manitoba. Oh, see some polar bears. See some polar bears. Yeah, yeah. That's a trip. Um, I've got two friends who live in Winnipeg currently, um, and I want to go visit them, but I want to time it with maybe some of their time off and go do that trip. Yeah. What, what, when's polar bear season? I don't even know, to be yeah. honest. Probably the time of year I really don't want to fucking be there. Not that... Sorry, Manitoba. I don't really want to be in Manitoba that often. But I feel like the one time I've been to that province, and by the way, that's as far east as I've ever been in Canada. I say this like every episode. I was going to say. But Mosquito Central. I was going to say Winnipeg, Manitoba. Like insanely cold in winter and then just mosquito hell in summer. You don't want to step off the sidewalk onto the grass because it's damp and then a cloud of mosquitoes oh come boy. up from the rustled grass. Boy, are you uh, historically, mm-hmm. uh, do mosquitoes like like you? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Being I guess my existence. Ugh. Yeah. Hate it. I'm, I'm, I'm really bad for it. But, but back, um, the, yeah. the mosquitoes here don't really uh, carry diseases, do they? No. Nah. No, not, not. Prevalently, anyways. Um, we have one back home, Ross River virus. Okay. Yeah, the mosquitoes carry. And uh, what's from, the one they're always? Hear, it's, a bit, it's a bit similar to Lyme disease where you oh. feel very lethargic um, and your joints ache and can yeah. freeze up, kind of thing. Apparently, it's not too nice. That's what we do have here with the ticks. Yeah. Yeah, the risk of that yeah. one. But what are, what are the ones through mosquitoes? Malaria, Malaria obviously is not the most here. Famous. But West Nile is that a is that a mosquito one? That is one. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, we're east of the Nile. 
Yeah. Depending on what <laughs> way around the world you go, I was going to say. <laughs> but uh, I think there's always the odd concern of that one here. Yeah. But okay. that, like you just hear like murmurings of it, but mm. then it's always one that like manifests itself in like a bit of a fever that some over-the-counter drugs can yeah. cure up in about a week here. Yeah. So hydrochloroquine. Clo- <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, just drink some. You'll be you'll be um, good. Okay, so so polar bear country. Maybe. I thought when you were gonna say cold areas, I thought and then I nearly jumped on it. I was gonna say, you know, I've always wanted to go to Alaska. That was the other one. Road trip through the Yukon up to Alaska. Yeah, do you take, wanna do that? Take that highway? Fuck it. Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's do it. See you so bad. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Okay, so see, maybe I've maybe I've changed my mind. What if you had? Um, okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna restructure the scenario. You've got to be away for thirty days. Okay, so it can make it more complicated because I don't think you want to be in Manitoba for thirty days. So this is gonna be more of a trip where you travel around a bit. Travel around a bit. Okay, I mean, you, you could go to Churchill and then yeah, swing over to Alaska. Maybe Nepal. Do some hiking. Goodness. Um, yeah. Go go kind of hunker down in sort of a little village in Nepal and either make that home base and do hikes from there Whip or up to um Everest. Yeah, yeah, casually. Yeah. Um walk it up. Yeah. In your thongs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you do. Um no in Nepal, I think, um would be a good one, you know, remote. Um Obviously, like, the beauty of that country, none of it really comes with, like, that, you know, like, like the mountains aren't going to be closed. I don't no. think. Um, may, maybe some of the hiking permits that you have to get there would be yeah, limited. Yeah, you do have but to get some. I think they're getting more and more strict as well. Oh, yeah, just, because... Just with the amount of people going up Everest and shit like that. It's becoming a hot spot. I mean, Everest is almost not worth doing anymore. No. Nah. Base camp hike. But it's hard. But, the Nepal government, they're in a si- sticky situation where they want to preserve these beautiful areas, but at the same time it brings in so much revenue that they yeah. can't completely close it down. It's so tough. Um, somewhere like that. Um, God, where else? I don't know. The Maritimes, but I couldn't tell you what I want to do there. Um, you know what time of year it is. It's iceberg season in, uh, in Newfoundland. Hey, there we go. I just I just noticed we could go hunker down in Gander. Shouts out Alexis. Have a gander at some icebergs. Yeah. That is something I definitely want to do. Do like a week in each of the maritime provinces. Week, God. You couldn't do a week in each of the maritime oh, provinces? We could. Yeah. Yeah. Do a week in Halifax. Maybe not PI. No? Nah, a week seems a long time. I don't know. Probably could get through it in an afternoon, I reckon. <laughs> I mean, you could drive around it in the afternoon. Yeah, but uh, no, that would be that would be fun. I think we'd be drunk a lot, though, wouldn't we? Oh, definitely. A month, a month over there sounds like a bit of a, a drinking spot. Yeah, Hawaii could be a thing. Seems a bit of a mainstream vacation for you, though. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii, though. One of the most beautiful places on earth. <laughs> yeah, do some scuba diving. Do some surfing. Yeah. Do some hiking. Would you ever go back down to Belize? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now that you've learned all your lessons, you feel like you'd have a bit smoother of a trip? 
chill as hell there. Yeah. I mean, those kind of trips in those uh, countries, they're always a little bit more predict- un- unpredictable than you'd like them to be. Yeah. I mean, the infrastructure is just not there to, you know, work like clockwork the same way things do. But uh, yeah, in a heartbeat, I'd go back down there. And um, what do you think? I like to think about, obviously, travel is the the industry that is probably most affected by COVID. It's up there. Most it's in the top five. Yeah. So it's going to be different after this. What are your takes on what the industry is going to look like? Do you think we're going to see planes that are only half filled for the next year or so or...? I think because of social distancing measures, but at the same time, you know, as we're trying to repair a damaged economy, um, I think that travel is kind of the one that, I mean, almost every industry that has been hit hard by COVID, um, the entertainment industry, the restaurant service industry, um, office jobs, uh, um, all of these, you know, different industries that have taken these big hits have kind of found these solutions. And I think travel is that one that hasn't really had the time because all travels just stopped without an excuse and things have opened up to such a limited capacity. It's hard to see how things are going to find their solution, find their working from home, find their, you know, doing a live TV recording mm. with without an audience or from people's homes or all these different things. I mean, and as a pilot, very hard to work from home. Yeah, yeah, extremely difficult. Nearly job impossible. For that. Nearly impossible yeah. unless you're really good at flight simulator. Yeah. But I think that it's like anything. Um, I, I mean, obviously tough but weirdly exciting in a way. I mean, I think that traveling had almost, and I'm speaking grossly generally right now, but just traveling. And I mean, we've done a show about it for the last year, but had almost hit this like saturation point where it wasn't as, as cool or exciting to travel just because it was such an accessible medium. You can hit a button on your phone and fly halfway around the world the next day on some flight deal, mm-hmm. you know? And the concept of traveling was just becoming so commonplace. I mean, people were flying 50 days a year for work. And I think that something so novel, I mean, we became, you know, the world became so accessible that now that we're almost, we're going to have to almost relearn to enjoy the world again. And I think that's really exciting because... Yeah. I and, mean, and like, like similarly on a smaller scale, how we're relearning to enjoy bars like well, you did on Saturday. I was literally about to say that. Like going to the fucking bar felt like this novel, exciting concept. And it's, um, you know, we, I, people are talking about it constantly, watching TVs and movie and seeing people like, you know, hugging or sweet, big crowds it? of people. And... How come only after two months, like we're viewing this with like this nostalgic rose tinted glasses kind of lens or a concerned lens of what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. And so, I mean, this is just me being optimistic, I guess, but I think it's a really exciting time as much as it's hurt the travel industry, like you said, probably up there with any of the industries. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see. 
where that's going to go. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it doesn't. I know you were saying, like, travel has become super easy kind of and accessible to a lot of people, but hopefully it won't get to a point after this where only the rich and famous are able to, you know, travel. It'd be nice to make it accessible again. But I think... um, I think a lot of positives are going to come out of this. And that's the thing. Humans are really good at adapting. Mm-hmm. And quite often adapting will um, will create exciting opportunities. Yeah. As you said. And, yeah, I mean, I think did – we, did we speak on the last podcast or maybe it was when we were getting a coffee? But we said that, you know, the entertainment district uh, – <laughs> entertainment um, industry – Man, going to a bar is really on my mind. Um, (laughs) You know, BC once again in an enviable position where, you know, they might start producing TV shows and and movies here and things Mm -hmm. like that. You know, it's it's really awkward. Do you ever watch the, um, like, late-night talk shows or even Alan? Um, I've watched some clips, you know, Stephen Colbert – Alan. It's it's really awkward when there's not – I haven't watched – Almost anything, um, like any of the, I haven't watched any of like the clips from WWE or UFC that they've done in empty stadiums mm-hmm. or any of the talk show stuff or SNL from home. Like I, the, the talk shows from their living rooms, it's, it's yeah. a bit cringy. My, my, my hot take is that COVID content sucks. We're doing a COVID podcast. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, people are going to get annoyed at this one. They're like, fuck, we've heard so much about it. I know. Yeah, but those two assholes are talking shit. I uh, I mean, the Survivor finale. Damn. When nobody's mics worked. <laughs> what, when was that? Uh, at the very end when they were reading the votes, everyone sounded like dog shit. Oh, really? Everyone except for props, I thought. The three finalists? Yeah. Oh, I didn't really pick up on that. The audio was awful. Yeah. Apparently they, they like mailed them all uh, like mics and cameras, cameras and everything and like that to, to obviously get the reactions of somebody. I mean, imagine that comfort winning $2 million sitting on your couch with your kids. That's great. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Eric and me have mm-hmm. only recently realized we're both obsessed with Survivor and yeah. have been watching it a shitload personally. Um in the official, what, 11 weeks of being in COVID? I've yeah. watched 13 seasons. Don't know how many. That's amazing. How many have you done? I haven't been keeping track because I haven't been watching them sequentially. So I, I just think it's so much better when you watch them in order. Yeah, we've really? been jumping yeah. around based on recommendations of our friends okay. because we kind of started from an apprehensive standpoint. I think I talked about it where, like, we weren't into it and we were just watching it with my friend Sebastian <laughs> as a favor. He's like it's too intense for me to watch by myself and my girlfriend's gone tonight. Can you watch it with me? Yeah. And, uh, we started and we're like, Oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and of course watching season 40 spoils about 20 seasons of this show because it's all people who've won previously. Yeah. So that part was taken away from it, but we're going back and we're just jumping jumping around and it is kind of fun because you know we'll watch a season of somebody later on and we're like oh it's little baby that person playing their first season or oh i think this is the one where that guy wins and and if you know that someone's winning you can pay more 
you know that person's going to win, you pay more attention to them and you can actually appreciate the moves that they make. And that's what I like. And how they got there. And with season 40, yeah. um, obviously they filmed it last year. Yeah. But they had the live finale and uh, they had to do it all via kind of like, yeah, the videos were grainy. Like it mm-hmm. looked a little bit amateur. I mean, for CBS, I was expecting yeah. a little bit more. Apparently they shipped Jeff Probst two containers worth of props and cameras that he had to yeah. set up in his garage and he said it was, you know, 100 degrees in his garage. Yeah. And they didn't do a reunion show, which is a bit of a shame. They might do it in the future maybe. I'm not sure if that maybe. was COVID related or the fact that the finale was already three hours long. We couldn't decide that either, whether or not they'd planned a three-hour finale or they stretched it out because they knew mm. that because they always do the reunion show live right and it's yeah. so unpredictable especially 20 people You'd on different cameras so much doing a live it'd be like, so hard yeah yeah but it was it was great and no, i was real i was yeah amped up from from that hell yeah you were and then uh what else Last Dance, the Michael Jordan thing that everybody's talking about. My God, what a what a treat! I started watching that. Have you watched it? I, I've watched it all. Yeah, really love it. I know huh. it. Not, not traditionally a sports guy. I was gonna say big I was time not Michael Jordan you guy. To, yeah. Oh, love Jordan. Really? Yeah. What do you love about him? He's just an icon, man. I mean, of course, my early appreciation and love for him comes from the um, classic motion picture Space Jam. Sure, but. I I remember in the late 90s watching games with my dad in, mm. you know, the late era of peak Jordan, um, watching some Bulls games. And, I mean, he's just an icon. He was one of those celebrities that, like, and I don't know if he had the same impact in Australia, but you go to a, you go to a clothing store and every picture was of Michael Jordan advertising yeah. products. Yeah. Um, he was still on like cereal boxes. And I'm, again, it was kind of the phasing out, but he was still an icon. Like he was one of those first celebrities you're really aware of. Like he was, he was everywhere. He'd permeated culture yeah. and watching, uh, having not known a lot of the minutiae. I mean, obviously I knew they hit three pe- two, three peats. Mm-hmm. in the nineties. And, um, I knew who the bulls were obviously and all this different stuff, but like just getting kind of the nuance and all the different details and just the way they edit that show is so, so good. And like, so humorous. Um, yeah. And I don't think they paint everybody in a very fair light. I think a lot of the players have kind of came, uh, sort of outspoken about it. Yeah. I mean, it's a documentary. Yeah. So it's always going to come from a well, place of and it's Some a kind of bias. It's a documentary that had final creative say from famously Michael Jordan, the dude with one of the biggest egos of all time. So exactly. How is it going to have a non-biased perspective whatsoever and paint sure. him in the best way they possibly could? And of course they kind of touched on him being a little bit of an asshole, but certainly, uh, certainly, uh, didn't like I don't know yeah I, I don't know go as deep as th- I'm sure they could I think he just had this insane desire to succeed yeah. at everything he does and I think that's I think people are competitive mm-hmm. I think it's rare for someone to be so obsessed 
with winning and having a winning culture yeah. in his life with everything that he does. So he, that's why he comes across as an asshole. Yeah. But I mean, like he single-handedly made basketball popular. Oh yeah. In Australia, everyone was a Chicago supporter. I remember, yeah, growing up in the nineties, my brother was really into basketball. But basketball collected basketball cards, and yeah, Pippen, Rodman, and. Jordan were the cards that you wanted to get. I think out of them three, the only other players I knew was probably Shaq and Charles Barkley. They were yeah. they were the only players that yeah. that you knew. LeBron a little later, maybe, but oh, a lot later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a lot older than you, mate. You see. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Really cool. Apparently, apparently, there's a um Tom Brady one coming out as well that's similar. Oh yeah. I, I'm I'm going to assume that he's. Much more of an arsehole. I don't know. He just comes across that way. I don't know. I thought they've always painted him as just like the down-home, wholesome American boy. Married his high school sweetheart. Yeah. Has this great life. Just this Tom Brady throwing footballs. I don't know too much. I don't know too much about it. But, I mean, Jordan, he did so little wrong that things like him being in a casino at 1 o'clock in the morning was a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And his gambling pro- problem as they called it yeah whereas as as he said it was just competition yeah he uh, a, a friendly game of golf was too boring for him yeah he needed more on the line he was used to winning stakes. championships well i love it like that they said he wasn't good at playing basketball he was good at winning basketball yeah he like, learned how to win he learned how to win the game not yeah. just and that winning culture is yeah so important to have um Concerned, his eyes are looking more yellow than ever. Yeah. He's had that for a long time. Has he? I haven't really yeah. seen any modern interviews with him besides like... I remember noticing it maybe... The famous crying Jordan meme <laughs> and... Uh, I reckon he's he's had them yellowy, ready eyes for like the last 10 years. But in these interviews, really noticeable. Oh, yeah. Apparently, I, I did some research. Apparently, it's mm. a sign of ja- uh, jaundice. Okay. Which you could have from... Liver issues, hepatitis, things like that. But I assume he can afford some good health care. So I'm sure yeah, he's got it. Most likely. I mean, his, I'm sneakers, sure he's got it covered. his sneakers earn him like a cool 50 mil a year or something like that. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, his cultural impact. Yeah. Not many. I mean, his shoes alone, man, I, they've permeated like hip hop culture. And he, I mean, he's, he's an icon in like hip hop references and stuff too. I mean, he's just, he's a metaphor for winning. Yeah. I mean, he single-handedly as well uh, forced Converse to move out of like athletic wear. Yeah. And basketball shoes and they had to rebrand into a a different type of shoe because Nike just took over. It's it's fucking I mean, Converse also forced Converse out of becoming basketball shoes. You play even a quarter in a pair of Converse and your feet are dead. Yeah, I, I but, can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I'm very surprised that we were able to have that chat. I really didn't think oh. you would have would have watched that. So I mean. That's cool. Well done, Eric. It, it's one of those well-made documentaries too that like there's there's a difference. Like a good documentary will take like a subject you wouldn't otherwise find interesting and make you interested in it. Yeah. Or, or an otherwise uninteresting topic, I should say. Not something you personally, because that's a matter of opinion. 
but taking someone who's already truly fascinating and great and glamorous and iconic like Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. and then doing a really well-made documentary. I mean, it's like you try watching another documentary after watching a couple episodes of the last dance. It's just like, fuck, what am I wasting my time doing? Because you're, you know, watching such well-made in-depth programming about the biggest phenomenon in the 1990s or one of them. And, uh, Joe exotic must be spewing for real. Two weeks ago, he thought I've got the best docuseries of the year. And then and, Michael Jordan comes along. Well, and the last dance was rushed because of COVID and a bunch of stuff that has kind of been down the entertainment pipeline um, that was meant to be streaming later on got pushed because of COVID. I mean, right. the last dance was like 10 years in the making anyways. Oh, yeah. And they had a shit ton of money to throw at it. Apparently, there wasn't one name on their list of people they wanted to get for that documentary that they didn't. Like they really? got every single name that they wanted. Apparently um, the Kobe Bryant interview was only 30 minutes because apparently he was so busy they could only nail him down for a 30-minute interview. Yeah. Whereas yeah. everybody else they interviewed for like hours and hours and hours. Yeah. But the one person that was um, missing, Fremantle boy, Luke okay. Longley. Luke Longley was the centre for the oh. – he was the starting centre for the Chicago Bulls in the second three-peat. So in any photos of the team you see, he's the tall white guy. He's got a kind of flat face. Oh, yeah. But he's from Fremantle. He used to live um, after when he retired from the NBA and he came back, moved back to Fremantle. He lived three houses down from my auntie and uncle. Crazy. Yeah. His house actually burnt down. Oh, no. About, it was probably like 10 years ago now. But he... um, he famously um, had uh, – there's some animosity there with Jordan, like I think a lot of people oh. have. And I think he might have – probably wasn't invited and probably didn't want to be on yeah. um, either. But it would have been cool to see him because he's, you know, Freo boy. I love that. I love that little moment in, in Last Dance where Isaiah Thomas is talking. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan's like – yeah, I've came around with him. Like, I respect his game, what he did for the sport, but I do not like him. Did not like him all these years later. Yeah. But it, it sounds like he was, he, he had a run in with everybody. It wasn't just Jordan. Oh, yeah. But, um, I mean, it just must be a league full of huge egos. It would yeah. just be. Well, it's a superstar sport, right? Like, there's only five people on each team at a time playing. So you got to stand out. Yeah. You know, and you think how, how, how unlucky was Scotty Pippen? If Jordan was never born, he might've gone down as yeah, the, maybe the, one of the best basketballers of all time oh, for real. And I think like Pip has spoken out even about that documentary saying that they painted him much more of like the second fiddle than he really was. I mean, he yeah. was pretty instrumental yeah. to that team. Yeah. In a way that I think that they're just like, oh, but we were nothing without Jordan. And, you know, like even that one season, um, his first season off where they, you know, had a finals run or not a finals, but a good playoff run and stuff. And yeah, they're like, how was it without him? And he's like, it was great. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. He, you know, if, if you could, uh, you had one hour. Okay. You could either spend it with Rodman, Pippen or Jordan. 
Is that even a question? <laughs> it's Robin. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Good boy. Good boy. Okay, <laughs> where, where would you choose to spend your one hour? Oh, I don't know. North Korea. North Korea, maybe. Um, where where Vegas? couldn't where couldn't you go with Dennis Rodman? Like, Ibiza might be fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know what he's up to these days, honestly. Hanging with Kim. Yeah. If he's still alive, there's speculation he know. died. Really? John Un. Oh yeah, yeah. Kim okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, Kim, what Kim did you think I was talking about? Sorry, I thought you meant speculation. Rodman died. Oh no, I don't think so. No, 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 no. Incredibly, I don't no, think be so. A, be a pretty hard to impersonate that guy. I like. I just love that dude's aura. I mean, I don't like his current situation in life. He's a he's a big Trump supporter, um, pretty openly. Yeah, but well, it's because he won Celebrity Apprentice or made it pretty far on that show, and yeah, they got became, cl- they got they, close. They became buddies, and yeah. Yeah, he's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a loose cannon. He'll he'll say anything. He he's not trying to. Life would be boring if everybody agreed on the same political subject. So Eric makes it interesting. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. And Phil Jackson has gone on the record saying he's like, I don't know what people found so interesting about Dennis Rodman. Yeah, that's like, a pretty cool relationship. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty shitty player to have on your team because he'd just disappear or be hung over at practice. He delivered come game time, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's one of the most fascinating guys. Like this green haired, you know, dude with piercings nicknamed the worm dates Madonna and Carmen Electra. Yeah. Plays or, uh, you know, goes and wrestles in the WWE during the fucking championship run. God. Classic. Classic. So good. Jeez. You could make a documentary about it. Hey, no kidding. Um, I didn't think we'd talk about the last dance for 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, this has got nothing to do with anything. And we've been going an hour, so maybe maybe we should Maybe it's time to wrap things up. I wasn't expecting that uh, we would have anything to talk about there. Nah. uh, Yeah, so there you go. There's an hour's worth of entertainment Uh if anybody um, wants to give us a listen. Yeah, we we talked about travel in there for a little bit. That was good. Yeah, we did. And uh, yeah, maybe this week Eric and me will go on a little... uh, jaunt to a bar yeah who knows uh, we'll come back with we'll report back we'll report back with what it's like Mm -hmm. well yeah so thanks for listening guys um if you want to write in you know how to get at us livingabroadcast at gmail.com um no new emails this week i will uh, double check one more time just in case but um uh yeah or if you want to follow us on instagram we've been well, at least updating it when we have new episodes. So you can follow us there at Living a Broadcast as well. Um, if you want to share any COVID stories or let us know how things are opening back up or not opening back up where you're living or share a funny story or uh, submit some artwork for my elevator or anything else you want to fucking do, um, get at us and we will share it on the show. Um, So for this week, I've been Eric. I've been Mikey. Thank you so much for listening.